Let's uh, turn into God's Word now to the book of Philippians. Going back, backwards, we might say, to the book of Philippians. After going through Colossians. And we'll be reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 30. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 30. God's people here now, beginning in verse 1, God's words. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always and every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. And for me, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in in the flesh is more needful for you. 
And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which He saw in me, and now here to be in me. Those are God's words. So, here this letter that Paul writes, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Philippi, begins the normal way with the introduction and greeting, and then the giving of thanks to God for the saints in Philippi through verse 6. And how he has... Uh, Then through verse 8, his great affection and love for the saints that are in Philippi. For their hearts have been changed. They have been given life in Christ. And you see this in his prayers for them also through verse 11 and his care to show them the blessings of sufferings. For the apostles' sufferings have worked how and in what way? For the furtherance of the gospel. Even though there are those out there who are seeking material gain and reputation and causing strife, and yet Christ is preached, he says. The Gospel's preached. And then verse 26, through verse 26, an example for all of us to follow, being ready to glorify Jesus Christ by life or, if necessary, by death. And then to the end, considering that part of death and sufferings, Seeking after Christ by following Him in righteousness and holiness, which he says includes sufferings. It includes sufferings. The Christian life includes sufferings. Those who are heirs will be persecuted. And so, his message here is keep looking to Christ, remembering that suffering is part of following Christ. Keep looking to Christ and all for the furtherance of the good news of the gospel and His glory. He says in 2 Corinthians, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And so the privilege of suffering ought to be unto our joy and unto our hope. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we know that that is difficult for us to believe and practice, to take joy in our suffering. As Paul, an example here, moved by the Spirit, suffering in prison, and yet taking joy that it is working for the furtherance of the Gospel and for Your Kingdom, and which will lead to great gain when He dies, when He will be with You, and He is now with You forever and ever. 
We can look the same. For in life there is suffering for the Christian. And yet we can see that as we are righteous, that is persecuted for righteousness sake, and suffering for that same reason in Christ. Father, we know that this works for your good, for our good, for your glory, for your praise, the furtherance of the gospel. And we ask that that would be true in our lives. Any suffering that we endure, however it comes, and however painful and trying, Father, we pray that you would work it unto your glory and unto our good, which should, and we hope, we pray that it would bring forth joy to suffer for the sake of Christ, to be honored to suffer for your name and for the spread of the gospel. That always makes us, it should make us to then consider our lives. Now we ought to live holy lives for Christ's sake, even so that when we are persecuted, that the world and even those in the church would see the working of Christ in us and give glory to You, the Father in Heaven. And Father, moreover, we pray that You would cause us to die well, knowing that we have a great, great things to hope in, a glory, an eternity with You forever where our bodies will be glorified and made new. And so, Father, give us comfort, but also hope. And move, uh, move that comfort and hope in us by Your Spirit and grace. Father, make us to be a people who pray. Who pray for the church, as Paul often prayed for the church. Make us to be a, a thankful people as well. Often we see in the Scriptures, in the Psalms, here in Paul's letters with your servants, how thankful they are to you and how, as we consider our own hearts, how our hearts are often filled with grumbling and complaining. We are more like Israel than, of course, we are like Christ or even like your servants that you upheld by your grace. And so, Father, move us Move us to be a a patient, long-suffering, thankful people. Thankful. Always looking to give you thanks for all that you are and who you are and what you have done for us, even in the Gospel and Christ and by your promises. Father, we plead that you would, those uh, for those who struggle in their hearts and their spirit being downcast, that you would uplift them and encourage them in Christ, even with these words, and the words we just sang, of the great judgments that are to come, and will come upon the wicked. But how we're thankful for the joy that we have in our salvation in Christ, Your Son. I pray that You would humble us. This letter is about a lot about humility, and following after the humility that is in Christ Jesus your Son. So make us to be humble as He is humble. 
That we would not be filled with pride and self-righteousness as we heard this morning. But humble us before You, the Creator, the Sustainer, the God who is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present and eternal. Father, for this congregation we do plead that You would reform us according to Your Word. That You would move us to purity in our lives and in our worship. And that You would turn us to You. And there would be nothing between us. Father, that all that we do would honor Your name. This we know is to our human perspective impossible, for we are sinners. But Father, You are the great God who can sanctify and will sanctify Your people and make them holy. And so make Your people holy. And purify our worship just as You purified the worship of the saints of old many times. So purify our worship. Purify our evangelism. Make our evangelism to be greater in service to You for Your kingdom. For that's why we are here. We are here to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. And so make us to be a people who are fulfilling that mission. Especially the ministers of the Gospel. And make us to be those who disciple. And disciple, not just speaking the good news, the Gospel, but teaching men and women and children Your commandments to obey them and to live for You. And so in these ways, sanctify us and make us holy and pure. And we're thankful in this and our prayers that You have given of Your Son, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. You purifies us even by Your Spirit and cleanses us with the Word. Father, we pray as well for our presbytery, the other churches near us, and in our denomination, as well the churches throughout the world, that You would provide for each one faithful ministers of the Gospel who preach and teach faithfully in the native tongue of the people, that they would hear and believe unto salvation. And many would hear. Great multitudes would hear and believe and be healed in their souls. Father, we also plead that You would provide ministers in our presbytery in Houston and San Antonio. We pray for the presbytery meeting coming up next month that You would grant to Your people uh, these ministers that are needed, but in the exams that are taken for ordination and the exams that lead up to ordination, we pray that You would grant Your elders wisdom, discernment, joy and thankfulness, and yet a heart that stands and a, a mind and will that stands upon Your Word alone. And those who are not called by Your Holy Spirit, we pray that You would grant us the discernment to see that.
Your Spirit is not calling them. And those who are called by Your Holy Spirit, that we would have discernment. Grant us that grace to see that we may rightly approve of such men and confirm and affirm exactly what the Holy Spirit is always and already doing and always had been doing in the man that is set before us. And so we pray that You would grant wisdom and protect Your church from false teachers and false prophets. We pray for men who would be faithful and bold and zealous and true and their lives would be holy. And Father, we pray again for the parents here, the parents of our congregation, to these children, which we pray for their souls, that You would turn their hearts to You. But we pray for the parents this evening, that You would grant them patience, long-suffering, the right correction and discipline with Your Word and the rod. And Father, we ask that You would grant through the discipline and the teaching of Your commandments and the proclaiming of the Gospel, that You would save these children. And Father, may the children obey their parents as unto the Lord, and that they would honor honor them for Your glory and for Your praise. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.